Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff, and welcome back, my fellow Eagle fans, Eagles Nation, Eagle fans around the world who listen to this program. Thank you for allowing me the two-week hiatus. Ended up being a little bit longer than that, and I'll explain why that was. Um, as I went on vacation down in the Outer Banks, uh, a place that uh, has become kind of an annual stop for me. Uh, I just love it down there, and uh, hopefully, if things work out, I do plan on, uh, well, a lot of things got to happen between now and then, and I'm not really that close to retiring. Got another, I don't know, say five to ten years to go. But I would like to, uh, you know, one day re- retire down there. We'll see if uh, see if we're going to, you know, get that to work out. But anyway, long story short, I was down there for what was planned originally as a two-week vacation. And by the way, for those of you who have never been to the Outer Banks of North Carolina, I highly recommend it. Um. But uh, what ended up happening is I do have a friend that uh, lives in the Outer Banks. And, um, you know, I went over and stopped over to see him um, early part of the second week that I was there. And he mentioned how, you know, during Memorial Day weekend that he had to go. um, They were planning on going to help his son move uh, out of their home into, you know, their new home. So uh, and he's got a couple of pets, got a dog and a cat. And so we just kind of started talking and, you know, about that. And I said, you know what? I don't, I'm not in any rush to get back home. So, uh, you know, my flight was due to come back on uh, Saturday the, what was that, the 29th, I think. Head, I don't really remember. 27th, maybe? I forget. Whatever that Saturday was, uh, this past Saturday, whatever the date was. You know, when you're on vacation, you kind of lose track of, of time and dates and everything. Uh, but anyway, uh, and uh, yeah, I thought it over, and we talked again the next day. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, why don't you, uh, you know, uh, if you don't mind, you know, of course, like I would mind staying down the other banks for another few days. Uh, you know, he uh, he offered up his his house for me to kind of stay and, and house it, and uh, so I checked out of my uh, the vacation home that I was renting out, and uh, and then uh, just brought everything over to. Uh, their house. They they left that morning, and I uh, was there for three days watching a house sitting, and hopefully to try to get a little more sun out of the two weeks that I had. Because unfortunately, and I can't complain much, because typically I've been going down there for about eight years now or so, and uh, maybe longer. I've been going down there for about eight or nine consecutive years, and ninety uh, percent of the time I got great weather, and I mean almost every single day. So I can't really complain much. Uh, but this particular year. Uh, the f- two weeks that I was down there, I would say about 10 or 11 of the 14 days was cloudy and cool. There was like two coastal storms that were just lingering around, one right after another. One was the first week I was down there. second one was the second week I was down there. And it just kept 
you know, sucking in cool air from the north and, you know, unseasonably cool for the Outer Banks. Inland, it was like in the 80s, mid, upper mid-70s. And the Outer Banks being close to the ocean with this wind uh, and pulling in from the cool air, it was just like mid-60s and, and cloudy. Not ideal um, weather. So I only sprinkle in maybe a few days prior to that next weekend. And even that weekend that they were away, there was that was when the second storm was basically at its uh, closest and was going to be mostly rain on Saturday, which it was, which it was. In fact, uh, Saturday morning, it poured. It had to be like from about 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., like major thunderstorms, uh, just pouring water, wind, lightning bolts all around the house. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And the dog was scared, shaking and everything. Uh, and then it cleared up, you know, in the afternoon, the sun kind of came out. Um, and, uh, and then on the following day, there was some, some too. So, you know, my little vacation extension, I got a couple extra days of, uh, of sun out of it. So that was awesome. So, uh, so anyway, bottom line is my, that's the reason for my extended delay in getting another episode up because I didn't have any access to my studio, uh, while I was, uh, you know, on vacation. So, uh, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for coming back for the, uh, for the podcast. Now there's not a bit a lot, you know, yes, I've been away for two and a half weeks, almost three weeks now since my last podcast. And there has not been a lot of activity with the Eagles. Uh, there's a few things I'm going to talk about, a couple of developments. Um, you know, obviously, even though I was on vacation, I was I always pay attention to the Eagles. It's just my my thing as a fan. Uh, so I've got a few things I want to comment on, just, just some stuff. I mean, OTAs started up today. So that was, you know, the timing is, is kind of good for me to come back today because this is when the uh, first OTAs took place. Now you're not going to get a lot of the out of the OTAs. It's nice to see the new players, especially the new Eagles in their Eagles uniforms and out there running around and stuff. Um, you know that's always kind of fun to see for the first time. Um, there's not other than that. You're not going to really you can't really gauge much. They're not hitting each other. They're just kind of going through the motions, really um, running some drills. Um, not a heck of a lot to really be able to sit there and say, oh, yeah, this guy's having a great camp and this guy's maybe not having a great camp. And you're not going to really be able to gauge much on that. Um, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the OTAs um, because it really is just a kind of a first look-see at the new new Eagles and uh, getting everyone together. It's not uh, mandatory for the Eagles. They don't make it mandatory. Um, I do think the rookies have to be there. I believe, I don't know. I would imagine the rookies have to be there. Um, I mean, if you're a rookie and you don't show up, yeah, it's certainly not going to reflect on you well, but I don't believe the veterans, uh, probably most of the veterans, uh, were not there today. Um, although I can't confirm that, but, uh, cause obviously I was not there, but, um, a few things I want to talk about. One couple comments on Jalen Carter. Now, I talked to you prior to my vacation, my last episode or two, about, um, you know, as promising as Jalen Carter is and as great a pick as it was for the Eagles, they had to take him. I mean, you got to take a guy. The Eagles had a luxury of being able to take a risk um, with that pick. So really, it's it's a bonus. Uh, we could still end up hurting Eagles in the long run if this guy, you know, ends up being in trouble again. Uh, and I do think that the character issues, if there's any Eagle fans out there just brushing them off, like, ah, it's not a big deal. So what? He was, you know, speeding around and kids in his, you know, early 20s and 
somebody had an unfortunate accident and get killed, you're, you're not looking at the big picture here. Number one, it's it's kind of reckless behavior, period. It's immature. I mean, I've done some stupid things in my life, right? I mean, I don't like the, the excuses that are out there that, ah, oh, he's a kid, you know, kids, when you're in college, you know, you got to give them a little benefit of the doubt. And, uh, you know, there's things that you do that are stupid. Speeding 100 miles an hour plus um, is not what I would call just being stupid. It's, it's being dumb. Uh, I guess that doesn't make any sense. Um, it doesn't, it's, it shouldn't, it doesn't deserve a pass is what I'm saying. I'm not giving him a pass for that. To me, it's just unacceptable behavior. You don't be, you know, you don't, you don't speed hundred miles an hour down, a, down a road and, and racing somebody. Um, and plus apparently this guy's got a lot of other speeding violations. Um, and he's had his, you know, now his license is suspended and all that kind of thing. So it's, he does have a track record of this kind of thing. It's not just a one-time deal. That's why I'm not giving him a pass, especially. Now, that being said, I'm not, I'm going to give him a fair start as well. You know, um, got to hope that he quickly matures and recognizes the mistakes that he made and gets on the straight and narrow. And he's got his teammates here, quite a few of them, to kind of hopefully help guide him along that path. But my point is the character flaws of Jalen Carter are a reality. And I'm not going to blow him off. Uh, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed as this kid has learned from his mistake. Could have been a lot worse. You know, what if he was the driver that got in the accident and, you know, somebody was killed? Or, you know, who knows? When you're speeding down that kind of speed, you can hit somebody by mistake or whatever. You know, all kinds of things can happen when you put yourself in that position. And the fact that he's got a number of other speeding violations, um, you know, just kind of adds to my own concern, but I do want to give him a fresh start here. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to bury the guy before he's, you know, before he even has a chance to, to prove that he's straightened himself out. I'm just saying that my concerns, and I think that Eagle fans should proceed with caution with Jalen Carter and hope that he uh, focuses on his job and, you know, becoming a, a great player because he's got all the potential to do so. Uh, the kid's got amazing talent. Uh, and he's already showing it a lot of a lot of whatever you can get out of these drills or whatever. You know, he's looking pretty good. Again, I'm not going to put a lot of stock into that, me personally, but I guess it's better than hearing reports that he's sluggish and not looking all that great. You know, so there is something you can still take out of it. I'm just not going to go crazy until you see this guy play in real games and game speed and so forth and so on. Now, the other key to me with the loss of Hargrave especially, is Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is going to have to step up, put his bootstraps on, and get to work this year. He is going to be a key cog in this defensive line. And he was a obviously our first-round pick last year. There's a lot expected of him. Um, he met with the press, with the press today and, and said a lot of good things. I liked what he said. Sounds like he understands that his role is – um, a much bigger one this year, and that, uh, you know, the Eagles are going to be counting on him, and he seems to understand that. Um, he apparently, according to reports, is in uh, pretty good shape and looking good as well. Again, I'm not going to go crazy about them saying he's looking good. Whatever. Todd Pinkston, they said, looked good in camp way back in the day. That's all you need to know about that. So I'm not – this is not even camp. This is just OTAs. 
But Jordan Davis really needs to be the player that we we drafted him to be. You know, he especially with the fact that the Eagles are weak at linebacker um, and have a lot of unproven talent there. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Kobe Dean to to be the man. And it's a lot of pressure on him, and he's undersized. So no matter how good he is, he might still be blown off the ball if our front line is not allowing him to do what he needs to do. And that's the key. That's why Jordan Davis and our defensive line is the key. Because especially when you got undersized linebackers, you can't have these running backs getting, you know, running right through the defensive line. Because then, obviously, the potential for bigger plays occurs when you got undersized linebackers there. But if you got these guys clogging up the line, making the running backs have to work to find holes and slow them down, that's when the guys like Nicobe Dean are able to, you know, then attack uh, the running back and uh, and be much more of a, um, of a factor in the stopping the run. So that's why Jordan Davis and the defensive line in general uh, has got to really step up this year. Uh, and I'm hopeful that uh, uh, that he will do that. Um, the other thing that's going to be interesting to kind of see is, um, I don't know so much, again, about OTAs, I'm not, but certainly heading into camp is how the Eagles are going to distribute the ball to the running backs. You know, is Penny going to be the number one? Is Swift going to be the number one? Uh, is Gainwell? I don't believe Gainwell is going to be the number one. To me, I think he's going to stay in the same role that the Eagles have them in. Um, but I think Penny and Swift will be interesting to see do they just split the carriers 50-50? Is one of them going to take the lead as far as the lead back? You know, that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, both of those guys have proven to be capable um, producers at the running back position when healthy, and that's the big key for for both of those guys is staying on the field. Now, the biggest – my eyeballs are going to be on two positions mainly in this – uh, OTAs and off-season training camp, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the safety position and linebackers position. Now, I'm on record on this very podcast saying in his rookie season, when they drafted him, we know he didn't play a lot last year. But just based on how he was in Georgia, the leader of that defense, how smart this guy is, guy's an engineer major in college, um, he's a very intelligent player and very instinctual player. Undersized, again, at linebacker, but I he's got all those intangibles to be the leader on the defense, much like Hertz is on the offense. And I said that in a few years, N'Kobe Dean will be the leader and the captain of the defense. I made that prediction last year about N'Kobe Dean. And he's based on what we're hearing right now, he's well on his way to being that. They've already started in OTAs having N'Kobe Dean calling out the plays for defense. So that is a huge, uh, tall task for uh, any defensive player. But that just tells you how much faith and um, uh, confidence that they have in N'Kobe Dean uh, in uh, you know being that leader on the defense if he's going to already be making the calls uh, defensively. So, um, you know, that's going to be – uh, a guy that I'll be definitely watching, as well as the other linebackers. And I don't even know if the Eagles are done yet at the linebacker position. It would not surprise me if Howie makes another move here before um, training camp or the regular season even starts um, when more cuts are made um, after June 1st, which is today. Um, you might see some 
some uh, rosters being cut and uh, some big names might be, might end up out there. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And I think Howie, the Eagles do have some cap uh, flexibility uh, to be able to make a move. Uh, if, uh, if Howie wants to do more at the linebacker position, which, which I kind of think that the Eagles need to do some more there. Um, and the other position be safety. Now, Howie's brought in a lot of guys. It's going to be a wide open competition at the safety position. Wide open. You've got, you know, you got Blankenship there. You got uh, Edmonds, the guy that they uh, they got from the Steelers, um, who's basically been a bust. He was a first-round draft pick, but um, he's busted out there. I, I've heard from many Steeler fans, they, they're not going to miss him. Now, they may end up missing him if the guy can revive his career in Philadelphia, but I'm telling you, uh, I have diehard Steeler fans that are friends of mine that said this guy is was horrible and uh, has been a bust for them. So they're they're not they're not drying their eyes at all that he's that he's not on the team. So let's hope that he can uh, find figure it out here in Philadelphia. But uh, he's a huge question mark if you ask me. And then of course you got come on Walsh, who's been a question mark since he's been drafted here at Eagles. Um, I was high in him. I I love the pick him coming out of Clemson. Um, Dawkins kind of gave him a little bit of a endorsement too when the pick was made. Um, you know, I'm sure he felt, you know, he follows the Clemson program, uh, and he had some high praise for, for Wallace, but, uh, let's face it. Wallace has been disappointing. Um, he showed some flashes his rookie year and kind of faded away and then kind of showed some more flashes again last year. thought he played well at times last year when he came in. Um, but certainly by year four, you would expect him uh, being a third-round pick to uh, probably have uh, um, asserted himself into being a starter uh, in this defense, and that he's gotten nowhere near uh, being a starter on this defense. So it's going to be a big year for Kamon Wallace, especially with the competition that the Eagles now have brought in. You got uh, Justin Evans that the uh, Eagles brought in also, the former Saint and, and uh, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneer, who's got a lot of experience. Another guy who's hurt a lot, but he's got experience, and when he's played, he's a pretty decent player. Um, injury prone though. So, you know, between Blankenship, Edmonds, Wallace, and, and Evans, and then of course you got the guy that I'm very high on. I love the draft pick of Sidney Brown. Um, I think that, uh, you know, he's got a very good chance to start right off the bat, uh, with his ability, um, kind of predicting that might happen. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. He's got to obviously prove to the Eagles that he can start. Um, Blankenship, I don't know about yet. I mean, I do love the player. I love the guy. I love his heart. And I just don't know if he's a starter yet. I don't, I'm not sold on that. Um, I guess I need to see a little bit more, but I like what I've seen at times. Other times he looks like he's, you know, what he was last year. And that was a, you know, first year player rookie. Um, so I need to see more out of Blankenship for me to be confident of him being a starter. Um, but otherwise I, I like his intangibles too. And, and, and he's definitely showed some flashes there. No doubt about it for being a, uh, undrafted, uh, free agent. And, um, you know, so I think he was undrafted free agent or easy to that or a very, very late pick. I forget now. I think he was undrafted though. Um, which kind of leads me into the last part of my discussion here. And that is, um, all this talk. This is really what's been the, the making the most of the news since I've been on vacation, and that's uh, the Cardinals releasing DeAndre Hopkins. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best 
wide receivers in the league. I mean, this guy, when he's on the field, he's got some of the best hands in the NFL. He has made amazing catches in his career. He is a dynamic wide receiver. He is a clutch wide receiver. He's done it. He's done it all. There's not much that he hasn't done at the pro level. Um, now he's a little bit of a locker room issue. He's not the most uh, team player type of guy. So there's some of that. That's kind of a little bit of baggage that he's carrying around. Not to say that he's a bad guy, but you know, he's, he's there's some stuff out there that isn't all that positive as far as his, um, you know, past teams and teammates and his ability to, or his. Uh, uh, relationship with teammates and so forth. Not again, not saying he's a bad guy. There's just some stuff that's out there and I don't know the details of it. Um, but there's probably a reason why that uh, a guy of his talent, there's always a reason why, by the way, there's a guy of his talent and caliber, uh, is now going to be on his third team in his career, you know, with, with the type of ability he has, um, that tells you that there could be some uh, character flaws in there. So would the Eagles bring in a guy like that? They already have a ton of offensive weapons. You got A.J. Brown, of course. You know, uh, you got Devontae Smith, and you got Dallas Goddard. You already got to spread the ball around to those three. And you bring in a DeAndre Hopkins, which I know a lot of Eagle fans out there are hopeful that the Eagles will do so. Then you got to find him the ball, too. And he's going to be a guy who's going to want the ball because – if the Eagles were to bring him in here, it's only going to be a one-year kind of prove-it deal. That's what he's going to want. That's what the only thing the Eagles are going to offer him. And in order for him to prove that he's the player that we all know that he is, he's going to want the ball. And he'll be the third wide receiver on his team. So often, so how often is he going to get the ball is my question. So to me, I don't see this happening. And I know a lot of Eagle fans are hopeful um, that he's been rumored to the Eagles and they're all, you know, getting all their panties in a bunch about him being an Eagle next year. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think it's going to fit. And uh, so to me, I don't think it's going to happen. Now for me, I keep saying for me, of course it's me, it's my program. <laughs> I would be going after Buda Baker. He apparently is available. And that is a guy the Eagles do need. I just talked about all the competition at safety here's a guy if the eagles could make a move for him that they plug in right away and combine him with slay uh in that secondary i mean you got a lot of talent suddenly and he solves your safety issue right off the bat then you can worry about who is going to play opposite him at the safety position is it going to be brown you want to keep Blankenship in there you know, have Wallace, Evan, you know, Edmonds, and, and uh, those guys all battle it out, you know. But Buda Baker is a star stud safety. Now, he's a lot of money. He's expensive. The Eagles would take a big chunk, and he's going to probably want an extension. So, would the Eagles pour that much money into that safety position? Probably not. So, it'd be hard for me to think that the Eagles would uh, make that move. But I think it's a smart move for the Eagles to make. I think he's worth it to put him back there. This is a win-now team, and he's a win-now player. Uh, he could help us greatly, be like a Malcolm Jenkins uh, type back there, and uh, we know how important he was during our Super Bowl run. So that, and right now, he's younger in his career than Jenkins was when he was an Eagle at that time in the uh, Super Bowl, so he could be even more of an impactful player. He's a difference-maker type player um, back there. So, you know, I... Um, 
I would much rather bring in Buda Baker than DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm a Hopkins fan. I always liked him as a as a wide receiver. But Buda Baker is the move to make if you're going to entertain any type of a deal with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, so. So anyway, um, let me just get through some housekeeping items here. Uh, remember, you can uh, email us at the show at P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. That's P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the offseason. Let us know your thoughts on um, the OTAs and kind of what I was just talking about. Who do you think could be the starting linebackers? Who do you think could be the starting safeties? What are your thoughts on uh, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, uh, you know, Rashard Penny and and, uh, and Swift? You know, give me your thoughts. I'd, I'd love to hear them. And uh, what are your predictions on the record for the Eagles? I talked about the schedule, went over that, uh, the podcast prior to me leaving a vacation uh, that was, you know, was released at the time. And I kind of went through it, gave my initial thoughts, didn't give my final predictions yet. But um, the Eagles have a very tough schedule. Um, so they're going to have to earn their stripes this year for sure. Um, the good news is the entire NFC East really has a tough schedule too, you know, give or take a game or two. But pretty much the whole NFC East is, has got a pretty hard schedule. Um, you know, to deal with. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of see how that uh, how that all pans out going forward. So, um, yeah, going to keep this a pretty short uh, podcast today. We'll keep it under half an hour. Uh, but I want to thank you all again for joining me. Welcome back. Don't go anywhere. I will certainly be going full steam ahead now. Um, that is my last vacation break here for a while. Uh, so uh, we're going to get through the offseason together. We'll be talking birds as always. And uh, very thankful for uh, you as the audience to, um, you know, keep on coming back to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Make sure that whatever podcast platform that you're listening to, that you take a moment and uh, rate the program. Five stars would be fantastic. Really appreciate it. Would help out the show greatly. And uh, But even more important than that is to subscribe and follow uh, the program so you don't miss any future content. That would be much appreciated uh, very much. So, um, yeah. So with that being said, once again, thank you again for tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Welcome back. It's good to be back. A lot more Eagles to talk about. They're the best, one of the best teams in the NFL. They're going to be one of the favorites to make it to the Super Bowl. And it's going to be a fun ride throughout the offseason and as we head closer to training camp. And we'll be here with you. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, fly, Eagles, fly. Take care, and we'll talk to you again soon. So long.